1: Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I'm Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy, Rocky Magana. Uh Rocky, Kansas City Chiefs win streak ends at eight games as they fall to the Cincinnati Bengals, 34-31. to And <laughs> there's a lot. Like, I was just talking to you before we got going here. Um, you know, normally I've got a lot of... Preparation and notes and banners and like things to talk about after the game. And like, I feel like I just kind of kicked all that stuff to the curb on on, in the second half and really fourth quarter of this football game because of how frustrated I was about the entire game. And I'm not Rocky, I'm not the guy that sits here and says, well, we would have won if it wasn't for this terrible penalty, if it wasn't for this call. Like I tried to avoid that because I think that's just part of the football game. That's just something you got to live with. And it sucks. It's frustrating, but like bad refereeing is just part of the NFL now. And the chiefs were just on the wrong side of some really bad calls in the second half of this football game and credit to the Cincinnati Bengals coming into this football game. I kept saying, the Chiefs are in a different tier than the Bengals. The Bengals are really, really good. They're really, really young and really, really exciting, and their offensive weapons have an opportunity to be legitimately elite playmakers in the NFL. But I was like, but that's next season. We're, we're a year away from this Bengals team being that because their offensive line's bad. They've got some deficiencies on the defensive side of the ball and, and whatever, so I expected the Chiefs to win this game by double digits, and they were not prepared for these weapons. They were not prepared for Jamar chase. And I know T Higgins didn't have that kind of game. Cause Jamar chase set a rookie receiving record today for a, a single game, having 266 yards against the Kansas City chiefs. But I, I think we have to start with the frustration a, around the penalties. And there were some really, really questionable calls in this football game that wound up having drastic implications that wound up costing the chiefs, the football game in a lot of way. And again, I hate talking about that. I hate being that guy. Like we just saw Jamar chase is going to be a special, special NFL player. And I hate that this game came down to that. That's what I'm frustrated about is that these NFL officials are so bad at their, at their jobs that and I almost just, <laughs> I almost just said the F word. <laughs> Cause I'm so frustrated, uh, <laughs> but like, I I'm so frustrated because this was a fantastic football game between In my opinion, the Kansas City Chiefs who are the elite class of the AFC and the Cincinnati Bengals who I think are coming because Joe Burrow is fantastic because those offensive weapons are exceptional. I think the Bengals are on the rise. I think they're coming. I still think they're a season away from being a a truly elite team in the AFC. But when it comes down to this, like, and the Chiefs defense tried, they they did. And I, I think, and we can get into spags and stuff. I think he struggled today, but like they made some plays down the stretch where, the penalties were just total crap like, like they, they were total bullshit rocky <laughs> like they were just bad bad calls so i give you the floor please get out your frustrations i i'm frustrated right now i need to take a second to like collect myself
2: freaking a steven freaking a yes these uh these refs were horrible in this game there was almost every single play went against it. call was against the chiefs but the refs aren't the reason why we lost this game. Jamar Chase went off for two hundred and over two hundred sixty-six yards receiving. He he roasted our defense time and time again. Spags left him in single coverage with Sorensen at one point. Um, Spags refused to double team him. I mean, you're getting smoked by this guy. This guy's a complete smoke show out there on every single play they throw to him, and you're leaving him in single coverage and you're blitzing Burrow. You don't blitz Burrow. Burrow is great against the blitz, but yet you blitz against Burrow every single down. And why? Because this is a good defense that's dependent on the blitz. And if you don't blitz, you have a problem getting home. And if you're and your cornerbacks are good, but if you leave them in coverage for longer than a couple seconds, they get grabby. Why? Because you coach them to be grabby. And that's one of their strengths, but not against elite athletic talent this team got outclassed by Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow today and there's there's this hang this one on spags and i'm not throwing the baby out the bathwater cuz the defense has been awesome over the last 9 weeks but today wasn't it your game plan played into their strengths today
1: and that's just it's unacceptable i was messaging you during the football game and One, I mean, the Chiefs have been kind of playing with fire all season long, especially over this eight-game win streak with Spags kind of working Daniel Sorensen into the rotation a little bit more and putting him in coverage. And listen, I I think that Dan Sorensen situationally can make plays for this defense. We've seen this over this eight-game win streak. But Dan is essentially a linebacker. Like, he is a guy that you need just around the line of scrimmage And he's got to be like your third guy who's coming in to break up a pass or something like that. He has no business being your help guy, being your last level of the defense against elite-level wide receivers. And we saw today that if you had any doubts coming into this football game, the way the Kinsey Chiefs defense is played, Jamar Chase is a superstar. Jamar Chase is an exceptional, exceptional wide receiver and the chiefs just did not have an answer for him today and i don't really understand it because we've seen spags make adjustments we've seen him do that throughout the course of the season and they just didn't like time and time again it was Charvarius ward one-on-one with jamar chase we saw it over and over and over and over again and jamar chase just kept beating Charvarius ward now Charvarius Ward has given you more than you ever could have expected from a player like Charvarius Ward. He has been an exceptional player for the Kansas city chiefs, but at some point when he's like, man, I am on him. Like I'm on him. I am playing coverage. I, 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 I don't know what else to do. Like I'm, I am right in this dude's hip pocket and he still keeps going up and making catches Then it's on spags to say, okay, we got to get him help. And that help can't be Daniel Sorensen. Like, that help cannot be Daniel Sorensen. That help has to be Tyron Matthew. That help has to be Juan Thornhill. Like, I I just don't understand why there was such a lack of adjustment in this game when Jamar Chase had a 72-yard touchdown and a 69-yard touchdown, finished the game with, again, a rookie receiving record for a single game in NFL history, 266 yards and three touchdowns. It's just – I – was messaging you during the game and I still don't think that like this game says like, Oh, okay. The chiefs are who we thought they were early in the season. Like, no, I still think there's some common ground here where the chiefs are better than what they showed today. They're not as bad as they were early in the season. And you're just not often going to see wide receivers that are this good. Jamar chase and T Higgins are exceptional players. Tyler Boyd is a really, really good player player Joe Burrow is an ascending superstar quarterback in the NFL and so I don't think this game defensively like told me that much uh, about the Kansas City Chiefs overall other than we hadn't seen him in a while Rocky get in a situation where like oh it's just not working like it spags, spags system just isn't working today because they were putting pressure on Burrow and they sacked. I, I don't have the sack totals in front of me again. I'm I'm so frustrated by the way this game played out. I feel like I'm not nearly as prepared as I normally am. But they sacked Joe Burrow I- at least three or four times off the top of my head. Right. And they were getting pressure with the front without blitzing. But Spags kept blitzing Burrow for some reason. And they were getting those huge chunk plays down the field when they were choosing to blitz Joe Burrow. And we've seen Spags dial those things up over the last several weeks. But today it wasn't working, and he refused to adjust. He just said, we're going to keep doing it. We're going to get to him. And they just weren't. And they just they were they sacked him, but they weren't able to create plays in the secondary the way that they normally do. And it cost the Chiefs this football game and possibly cost them the first round bye. You know, the Miami Dolphins, of course, the, the fraudulent Dolphins that we know they are, got dominated by the Tennessee Titans today. All of a sudden we're heading into week 18. Chiefs absolutely have to win against the Denver Broncos. The Tennessee Titans get the Houston Texans next week. And so I'm assuming the first round bye is off the table. Now, Rocky, like the chiefs, just this game and their refusal to adjust against these elite offensive weapons means that they just cost themselves a first round buy. Yeah. Yeah, they did. I mean, Good luck,
2: you know, putting all your faith in the Texans to stop the Titans and A.J. Brown next week. Um, The thing about Joe Burrow is there were so many analysts around the country this week that were saying this guy has great pocket presence and he slides and avoids pressure so well and then gets the ball out. And and he's he's really good against the blitz. And the Chiefs, yeah, they they sacked him right off the bat a few times. How many times – did they not get home against him? How many times did it look like they had the sack? And what'd he do? He'd sidestep. He'd roll out right. He'd do something with his legs. And guess what? And then he throws the ball downfield, and by that point, you know, you got Traverius Ward one-on-one with Jamar Chase trying to trying to cover him. Traver- Traverius Ward is very good at what he is. But what he is not is a number one cornerback in the NFL. And you have them against a true number one wide receiver. And it just did not work out today. i so, say everything else off the table. That was the story of the game. That and the Chiefs inability to put points on the board in the
1: second half. When they needed seven, they settled for three. So, and, you know, I, I'm going to go back and, and look at this game and try to really dissect it uh, when I have some time later on. But in the first half, Kansas City, I, I felt like they're attacking. Like they're trying to put up 50 points today. They're they're pushing the ball down the field. And Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, I felt like we're in playoff mode. Like we got to have this football game. We're not leaving here without a win today because we're trying to get that first round by. And then that stuff kind of totally evaporated in the second half. They started doing what they've done at times this season where it, it seemed like they, they started – playing it a little bit safer and and not pushing the football down the field and kind of playing more sideline to sideline, which we've seen the chiefs have success with that, but they just didn't put it together in the second half of this football game. And the Bengals defense isn't a defense that should hold you to three points in the second half of a game. When you put up 28 and you had four consecutive touchdown drives in the first half, like that's just not this unit, that's not this team. And and so it all kind of, Came to a head in the second half of this football game, where I think it's perfectly reasonable to to put the blame of the game on on Andy Reid and on Spags. Um, it, it's a frustrating game. It's a really really frustrating game because I do think the Chiefs are still better than the Cincinnati Bengals. I think the Chiefs should still be considered the best team in the AFC coming out of this football game. They just all of those things that hadn't been hurting them over that eight game win streak, finally all caught up to them today. And then it was, okay, we'll see how they adjust to this. And it didn't seem like they really made any mid game adjustments and they didn't have an answer for Jamar chase. They didn't have an answer on a third and 27 when the Bengals take a shot down the field. Like that's just insane. That cannot happen in the NFL. You cannot allow plays like that to happen. And Part of my frustration is with the referees because I think there were some really, really bogus calls, especially on that drive where it looked like the chiefs were going to stop the Bengals And maybe it could be a turning point in the game for that defense. And then the chiefs get the ball back and maybe they go down and score. And then Legereus need gets two costly penalties that wind up costing the chiefs. And I thought they were both bogus calls. And I hate, again, I hate being that guy who wants to sit here and criticize the referees, but this was just an ugly football game. Like this was just a game where in the first half, the chiefs looked like, okay, this is the best team in the AFC. They're not playing around today. And then in the second half, the defense was struggling. Spags was dialing up things that I was like, why is Daniel Sorensen out there? Why are you blitzing when you're putting plenty of pressure on burrow with your front four anyway is why, why are we doing all this stuff and taking risks when you know that those pass catchers are, are so good and you need extra help in the secondary. And it was just a lot of questionable decision-making across the board by the Kansas city chiefs and with the referees, like this is a frustrating game. And if the chiefs wind up not getting a first round buy after this, like I- I'm going to be thinking about this one for a while and I'm going to be frustrated about this one for a while.
2: Yeah. This is one that sticks with you that you remember a little bit. Um, if you look, think about the second half, I mean, I agree with you 100%. Andy Reid took his foot off the gas. There is no reason why the way that we were moving the ball in the first half that we shouldn't have been able to continue to move the ball in the second half. And, I mean, you can hang a little bit of it. Um, one play in particular on Mahomes in the second half, but it's third and five. They were showing zero blitz on that play when we settled for a field goal. And Mahomes thought that they were – that. you know, Tony Romo mentioned it on the broadcast – Tony Mahomes thought that they were that they were bluffing that they were going to drop back into coverage they weren't bluffing the Chiefs didn't have any protection there and there was a free runner at Mahomes he had to roll out and throw the ball away on a crucial play where we needed a conversion where we had to get seven on that drive you know Um, Mahomes gambled and he gambled wrong there and that was in a place where we couldn't we couldn't afford to be wrong that was the place where we needed Mahomes to be right and Mahomes to make a play Obviously, Mahomes is Mahomes, and he played a great game. So this game is not on Mahomes at all. But that was the position where we needed him to make a play, and he he just guessed wrong, and it, and it, and it sucks. It sucks because the, there wasn't anybody else on this team today that was going to step up and make those plays besides Mahomes and Darrell Williams. It seemed like Darrell Williams, I do want to give a shout-out, played a very great game. Mahomes played a great game. Tyreek Hill, you got to catch the ball. You can't let it go off your hands. You want to be the best wide receiver in the NFL. You want to make 20 million plus a year. You got to catch the ball when it hits your hands. I'm fired up. I apologize, but there's no excuse for those two drops. You cost the team points, points on two different drives because you can't catch the ball. And it's been an issue with you all season. It's been an issue with you in your career. You let the ball into your body. You got hands. You're a receiver catch the ball with your hands
1: yeah that completion that should have been i think it was a 64 yarder just before the half like you're you're talking about putting up another seven right there if tyreek hill catches that football going into a half where the Bengals open the second half with the football on offense and so that's a game-changing play where Tyreek Hill. Yeah. If you want to be considered in that tier of wide receiver, you got no business juggling that football. And and if you catch that football and bring it into your body immediately, uh, I don't think that that Bengals defender is able to bat it away that he did. But again, as you mentioned, Rocky, that's been a problem for Tyreek Hill all season and it was a problem last season too. And so now we've got a large enough sample to size. where, like, okay, you got a question. Uh, the way he's catching the ball at times, because it's happened over and over and over again this season. And now that we've got our frustrations out of the way, let let's talk about the Kansas city chiefs offensive line for a second, because as soon as this game was ready to kick off, we got a report that Orlando Brown jr. Suffered a calf injury Uh, during pregame warmups. He was questionable to play, did not wind up playing. And then Lucas Niang was later carted off the field. I'm sure we'll get an update from Andy Reid here in a few minutes on that. Um, the Lucas Niang injury looks bad. It, it, it looked it looked bad. It did not look like a good injury for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now all of a sudden you're questioning their offensive line depth headed into the playoffs where all of a sudden this is starting to feel a little bit like last year where you're like, oh no, oh no, we got – Joe Tooney had to move to tackle today. Nick Allegretti got a serious amount of snaps. I don't know what's going on with Kyle Long. I don't know if he's going to be available this season, but he was inactive today. And all of a sudden you're kind of in a situation where you hope that the Brown injury isn't that serious, but losing Niang is kind of huge for this offensive line. And again, we'll get an update on his injury. We don't know for a fact that it's going to be season ending or anything like that, but it didn't look like a good injury. And so this offensive line depth, which you felt strong about all of a sudden is dwindling and you're like, Oh no, Oh no, we've been through this before. And they wound up playing okay today, uh, considering that they just had to manufacture it and kind of figure it out on the fly. But that's not the offensive line you want to trot out there in the postseason. Like that's a legitimate, legitimate concern. And so not only did you, probably lose the first round by today. All of a sudden your offensive line depth is once again a question. And we've gone down this path before. And <laughs> it's scaring me, Rocky. It's scaring me. It's making me a little bit uneasy about the Chiefs playoffs playoff chances though.
2: I mean, it does seem a little bit like uh like like twenty twenty coming back to haunt us with these injuries. And I mean hats off to Joe Tooney. Today it's stepping into left tackle. The guy did awesome. I mean, you know, you want to make the argument for paying a guard $18 million a year? That's the argument right there is that he's so versatile that in a pinch, he can step in at left tackle and play really admirably. Um, That being said, I don't want Joe Tooney at left tackle in the playoffs. And Lucas, anytime you see a big guy get on a cart, you're assuming the worst. I mean, you know, hopefully maybe it's just an ankle sprain and maybe we get him back, you know, by the playoffs, but that's a big if. I mean, it didn't look good. Um, Kyle Long, yeah, he's he's a linchpin right now. We brought him in to play meaningful snaps and we haven't gotten anything out of him, and you really kind of don't know what's going on there, you know, because he's a guy who has an injury history. Um bottom bottom line, end of the day, you know. It is what it is. And this Chiefs team has to find a way to make it work moving forward. Nobody's going to be sitting there playing the smallest violin in the world for us, feeling bad for us that we have offensive line injuries again. Uh, if Tooney's got a role at left tackle for the rest of the season, then we got to find a way to make it work. And we got to find a way for Andrew Wiley to step in and play right tackle like he did against Max Crosby, right, when he kind of totally dominated one of the top talents in the league. Um man man oh man (laughs) steven it doesn't it doesn't leave you with a lot of confidence and feeling good moving forward with our offensive line the way it looks
1: and again my takeaway from this game isn't well the chiefs defense got exposed and and they're frauds or something like that i still think this defense is very good i just think that they had a bad day And with the run that they've been on in the eight game win streak, like that was the first today. Jamar Chase's first touchdown, that 72 yard score was the first first quarter touchdown. The chiefs have allowed since October, (laughs) like you're not a bad unit. If you haven't allowed a first quarter touchdown since October and we're in the first week of January, like the chiefs defense is good and they've got playmakers. It's just, we do this all the time, and it's a cliche, like big players make big-time plays in big-time games. Jamar Chase is a superstar. Jamar Chase is a superstar player. Joe Burrow is a superstar young quarterback, in my opinion. And we can get into debate about whether or not he's there just yet, but I think Joe Burrow is an absolute star. And the Cincinnati Bengals offense is coming. Like, they are going to be one of the elite offensive units in the NFL over the next couple of years, especially if they beef up that offensive line. I think that you just saw the Chiefs get burned a little bit by playing into some of their bad habits today, and the Bengals made them pay every time they did that. The referees, of course, helped that stuff, and they were really... The referees were the most frustrating part of the game for me because, you know, let's take a look at that fourth-and-goal play at the end of the game where the Chiefs had time on the clock, and first of all, I was... Extremely frustrated with the fact that they just didn't let the Bengals score. Just let them score and give the ball back to Mahomes to give yourself a chance. Because if you don't get the ball in Mahomes' hands, like what are we even doing here? Because at some point you got to commit, they're going to get an easy chip shot field goal and we're going to lose the football game. Let's just let them get in the end zone and give the ball back to Mahomes. Then the Bengals, you know, again, questionable refereeing here and, and some questionable penalties. The Bengals go for it on fourth and goal in back-to-back plays, and we have offsetting penalties and then a penalty on the Chiefs, automatic first down. All they got to do is take a knee. Chiefs are out of timeouts and kick the field goal to win the football game. That whole circumstance, scenario, whatever, all of that was really, really frustrating to watch, and it was kind of like the perfect exclamation point to this game from the referee standpoint where it's just like, come on, dude, just let them play. Just let them play and the chiefs need a chance to like go back and try to tie this football game up. Let's keep this thing alive. And it was just so frustrating to watch. I think that Zach Taylor and the Bengals deserve credit for going forward on that fourth down. And, and then not only having offsetting penalties and then going it again, and they got the penalty and they knew, Hey, these refs are in our corner right now. So we got, we got the advantage when that, when it comes to that, and then we're still confident in our ability to actually get into the end zone, too, if that's what we need to do. The Bengals played this game like it was their Super Bowl. The Bengals played this game like it was oh, these are the top dogs in the AFC, and we want them to know that we're coming, that we're on the rise, and that we are coming for them. And so, credit to the Cincinnati Bengals for doing it that way and pulling off the win, as frustrating as it was for Kansas City Chiefs fans. But somebody's got to be on the Chiefs' sideline saying, why don't we just let them score? Why don't we just let them score? We already burned through all of our timeouts. We can give them a home the ball back. Why don't we just let them walk into the end zone and try to go score and tie the game up and send it to overtime? Or, hell, score and go for two to win the football game. Like, what are we doing there? Because that was what I was most frustrated about, flags aside, was that the Chiefs just wouldn't let them score knowing that they were totally out of timeouts. Somebody's got to be on that Kansas city sideline saying like, this is what we need to do here. This is what we have to do with the amount of time that's left on the clock. Cause we're not going to get the football back. And apparently nobody did that because the chiefs didn't make any effort to do that whatsoever.
2: No, not at all. And I mean, Joe Burrow was halfheartedly sneaky, sneaking the ball in the first two downs of that play, grab him by his Jersey and just pull him in the end zone. You got your hands on him for goodness sakes. I mean, and so yeah, there was there was really poor clock management there at the end of the game by Andy. There was there was numerous things that he that he should have done that he didn't. But yeah, you got the best quarterback in the league. He's having an awesome game. He's he's money when the game's on the line and you need to score. Why are you going to put the game in your defense's hands that hasn't stopped the Bengals all day instead of in the best player in the NFL's hands? Give me Pat the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands every day with two minutes and a drive to win the game than then trusting the the defense to get a goal line stand within the one yard line. I mean, that's, that's, that's unforgivable. You know, in, in my opinion, there's no, there's, there's no question about it. And, you know, you know, Jamar chase, you know, he would have been the best wide receiver that came out last year. He would have been, he was the best wide receiver this year. Joe Burrow was a first overall pick this T te- this hats off to the Bengals. They were playing for their division today and they played like it. They played like a team that had that was a must-win game, and so hats off to them. But here's the thing: the Chiefs. This was a must-win game for you as well. And Andy, you didn't coach like it in the second half. And I love you. You're a Hall of Fame coach, so don't t- get me wrong. But you needed to you needed to do something daring there, and you got conservative. You clammed up. You tried to hold on for dear life and try to let's get the goal line stand. Let's 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 just see what happens here. No, don't. Don't see what happens here. Go out there and make something happen. You be the one to make it happen. The Bengals came out and said, we're going to make something happen today. Chiefs didn't make it happen.
1: There's just got to be somebody. And, you know, the Kansas State Chiefs aren't a- an overly analytical organization. Like, we know there's some teams in the NFL that that read heavy into that stuff. And I'm sure the Chiefs have somebody who who's kind of putting that stuff in their ears, but overall, like they're not known for being one of those franchises who, who, who weighs those kinds of numbers all that often. Um, I think that when they go for it on fourth down, it has a lot more to do with the fact that you got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes than it does. Anybody actually diving into the positive outcome percentages of those types of things. And that was apparent today because it did not seem like there was anybody on that sideline saying, we just got to let them score. We just got to let them score so we can get the football back. Cause we're not going to get the football back. And that was evident because they didn't care. They, it, it was like, it was like nobody was weighing the options. There was saying, well, what if we just let them get seven here with a minute 50 left in the football game? And then we, and then we give Mahomes, you know, a, a, a minute 40 to go down the field and try to tie the football game. And, and hell again, go for two and try to win it. Like, like what, what is the percentage of outcomes here that we'd say, okay, let's just do that because there was no attempt there, there was every, like every moment it, it, once they got inside the red zone, I was like, oh no, they're not going to do it. They're not interested in doing it. They're, they're, they're trying to get a goal line stand <laughs> with no timeouts left and the Bengals probably going to run the clock out and just kick the field goal and and win it and you know cincinnati even gave them a couple extra opportunities going forward on fourth and goal (laughs) but the chiefs just said no we're going to live and die by this approach and we're going to try to stop them on on fourth and goal inside the five yard line with no timeouts left and there's just got to be somebody who's saying like I mean, the percentage of us winning this game is dropping every second that we that we let tick off the clock. So why wouldn't we just let them score that way? We still give ourselves some time. Like it, it just seems so simple to me. And there was nobody emphasizing that for the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: No, there wasn't. And the worst part about this whole thing is they got the goal line stand. They got it, and then they were holding in the secondary. They're holding in the secondary, like, like, and so then they replayed the down. And then they get the goal line stand again, and then Sneed's holding in this. I mean, like, like the thing is, you played the game wrong, and then the, you still had a chance, and then you played it wrong again, and then you still had it. Like, there's just, I don't, I don't know I don't even know what else to say, Stephen. No. Like, like the like. You you just didn't you just didn't want to <laughs> give yourself a chance at the end. Oh, I some can't of help our, if you're not helping yourself. Some
1: of our commenters right now, our guy Rob, we're not giving away a free score. Okay, well you cost yourselves the football game then. Uh, I, I I mean there there's no other way to put it. That's the simplest way to put it. You not allowing the Bengals to just get an easy touchdown right there, so you could put that ball in the back in the hands of Patrick Mahomes, cost you the game. Because you did not have any timeouts, and you allowed the Bengals to just run the clock all the way down and kick a game-winning field goal. So not giving up a free score, you're saying it's a moral win for for our defense after giving up a rookie receiving record in a single game, 266 yards to Jamar Chase. Yeah, but we got that moral victory at the end of the game by not letting them get in the end zone. Well, you still lost the game and you lost the number one overall seed in the AFC because of that approach. That doesn't really make any sense to me. Wouldn't you rather have a first round bye in the playoffs when only one team gets that now in each conference? That makes more sense to me. Like, this was a frustrating game after, you know, a very frustrating early season for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then they put together this incredible run to sit atop the AFC once again only to get into another big game circumstance where rocky we're talking about these big games and these big performances by the Kansas City Chiefs they've really only won one of these games this year against the Los Angeles Chargers well and here's the
2: thing yeah and where's the thing is this is the first truly good healthy offense that they've that they've faced you know and they've they've, they've lucked out you know, with some teams having some, some some problems along the way. But this is the first real buzzsaw offense that this defense has run into. And I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater here by any means. But, I mean, beyond just the first round buying the number one seed, we needed this game so we could rest our players next week so that we weren't playing for anything next week. um You know, obviously, we you know, with, with, with the Dolphins losing today, you know, it was still would have been, you know, we still would have, it it still would have been up in the air, I guess. But I mean, like we needed a chance to get healthy, you know, we need like the time off for this offensive line, especially. And then some of these players who've had COVID like Nick Bolton, I don't know if he was a step slower today because he's coming off of COVID. Uh, I don't know if Tyree kill was struggling because he came off of COVID Kelsey, you know, there's a lot of players that are just now coming off of COVID and we've seen that the game following somebody coming back from COVID there's lingering lingering effects. It, it knocks you on your, on your tail, man. Like, like it exhausts you, you know, and it takes time to get your, to get your wind back, you know? And so having a, a a week off would have been crucial to this team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Chris Jones uh, talked about that this week that he was seriously affected by it. And it was, it took him some time to really get his breath back and get his endurance Back and Tyreek Hill, you know, in a blowout win over the Pittsburgh Steelers last week was limited snaps, and part of that had to do with the blowout win. But even after the game, they said, like, we were trying to take it easy on Tyreek Hill because he was coming back from COVID and he was just exhausted on the field. He didn't have the same kind of endurance that he normally does. So, yes, all of that stuff is important, and again. Headed into the playoffs, I still believe the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in the AFC because now we're talking about a Tennessee Titans team that may get Derrick Henry back in the playoffs. We'll we'll see on that, but a Titans team that is just not anything to fear offensively headed into the postseason. Their defense is also super questionable, and they've been helped by a super easy schedule. They're about to get that first round by the Chiefs desperately needed, especially with these offensive line injuries, especially with the with the guys coming back from COVID and trying to get their endurance back up. And now that week 18 matchup that had a chance to, you know, be an extra bye week if the Dolphins pulled off a a win over the Titans, which they didn't. So you're going to have to play this game no matter what. But you could have taken it a little bit lighter than you're going to be able to take it now. Cause now you absolutely have to win that game to have any chance at getting a first round bye. And you have to root for the Houston Texans to pull off a big upset over the Tennessee Titans next week. So you put yourself in this situation. It it's not ideal. Uh it looks more and more likely like the Chiefs are not going to get a first-round bye going into the playoffs, but that's the situation you find yourselves in. I still think Kansas City is the best team in the AFC. And I still think that they've got the best chance of making it to the Super Bowl out of the conference. This was just a really frustrating game and, and what should have been a must win situation for the Chiefs.
2: Yeah, it was a must win situation for the Chiefs. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I still think that this is one of the most complete teams that the Chiefs have had um, in the Patrick Mahomes era. I still think that this team is still a team you don't want to face in the playoffs, you know with the game on the line, I still think that the chiefs have a good shot of going to the playoffs. I mean, because let's face it, I don't have any faith in the Titans to be in the AFC championship game by week or not, which means that the AFC championship could still go through Kansas city. You know, you just, you just don't have the bye week anymore. Um, that being said, I mean, you just lost a free playoff win. Um, so, so there's, there's that, uh, You know, end of the day though, it's it's not the end of the world. It was an important game, but it wasn't a playoff loss. You know, we still we're still alive, we're still kicking, we can still go back. Hopefully, Spags looks at the film, Spags acknowledges that there's some there's some adjustments that need to be made, and and they come out ready to play against Denver, and then we'll just let the chips as they
1: fall come come
2: as they may, you know, in the playoffs.
1: It is worth mentioning that the Denver Broncos, who the Chiefs will play in week 18 of the NFL season, were playing today without their starting quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, who's been in the NFL's concussion protocol over the last couple of weeks. Now quarterback Drew Locke has left the game today with a right shoulder injury. So quarterback Brett Ripien, as of this moment, is the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. So, uh, you know, uh, a win there, I suppose, for the Kansas City Chiefs headed into week 18. We'll kind of see how that stuff unfolds as the week goes on, but a huge loss for the chiefs and it may have cost them the first overall seed in the AFC, but thank you guys for listening. This was a frustrating loss, I think for all of us, but all we can do is move on. Hope that the chiefs pull off a week, 18 victory over those Broncos and still have a chance at the one seed in the AFC. If not, it seems like they're locked into the two seed at the moment. So We'll see how all that goes. Of course, we'll have all the updates that you need to know at ArrowheadPride.com. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. And make sure that you're locked in immediately following this, this podcast. We will have all the post-game press conferences. So if you want to hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, any other players that they put at the podium after the loss to the Cincinnati Bengals, you can hear that immediately following this. And make sure you're locked into the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network as it's out of structure with Ron Kopp and Matt Sagner. We'll drop tomorrow afternoon. They'll break down the entire game and they'll answer your questions in the Chiefs' mailbag. So please follow Rocky on Twitter at Rocky Magania. I'm Stephen Cerna. That's where you can find me. We'll talk to you guys soon.
3: When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.
1: Following the Chiefs' 34 to 31 loss to the Cincinnati Bengals, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, safety Tyron Matthew, and guard slash tackle Joe Tooney immediately following the game.
4: Um, Dora's uh, patellar tendon is what it looks like. And then Orlando Brown had a calf strain uh, that he got in uh, pregame warmups there. Uh, listen, I mean, as far as the game goes, uh, Cincinnati did a heck of a job. Um, uh, but when when you have the lead, uh, you want to keep the lead. So we stalled the first couple series uh, on the offensive side of the ball in, in the third quarter, and um, and then we had too many big plays on the defensive side. Um, obviously, Chase had a um, had a big day uh, today. Uh, Darrell Williams, I thought, played well. He had, he had a lot of yards, and um, but the but between the big plays and and the penalties, um, you know, that, that was uh, – that's what got us. And um, there, were, there were way too many penalties, nine penalties, um, including a touchdown on a kickoff return, fourth down play, uh, where our defense did a nice job of stopping them on the one-foot line. Um, you know, I've, I'd i like to comment on each one, but um, I don't want to be be fined.
5: So with that time, yours
0: first adam teicher good adam
5: andy can you explain your thinking on that third and 27 play on the Bengals' winning drive when you guys gave up the big play um, um when you guys could have made him maybe kick him uh, uh made him kick a long field goal if you'd stopped him and brad i'll have a second question as well
4: yeah well with, with hindsight now i mean uh, uh it, you know we probably could have helped out a little bit more on uh On on chase, so, um, but that's uh, uh, you know we put our guys in you know in that position uh, to make a play to hopefully get to the quarterback and keep them out of field goal range and um and so it it didn't work out the guys busted their tail to get it done and it just didn't it didn't work out so all right type of things we all have a little piece of this coaches. Um, and players. So.
5: Okay, and did you consider letting the Bengals score when they got down there to the goal line so you guys could have a chance with the ball, even if you were down yeah. seven points at that point?
4: Sure did, yeah. They put they took a knee, but yeah, sure did. Let's go next to Nate did the right thing to do. I mean, they did the right thing. So. Let's
0: go next to Nate. Go ahead, Nate.
6: Hey, Andy, I have two questions as well. The first is, um, was there discussion between the game at all about Um, Sliding coverage or doubling chase at all. And, and, and if so, what was that conversation like? And then Brad, I'll follow up.
4: Yeah, I'm not going to cover that right there. I mean, we obviously knew he was playing well.
6: And then given the circumstances you had to start the game, just uh, what was it like to, to obviously understand that Orlando Brown went down and and how much had Joe Tooney had any practice reps that left tackle before obviously making that decision?
4: Yeah, I thought Joe did a real nice job of jumping in there and, and, and doing it with little, very little reps, um, if any, none this week for sure. And uh, but he, um, you know, he's a football player, and thought he did a nice job with it. Thanks to Sam McDowell. Good Sam.
7: Hey Andy, um, I want to make sure I understood something that you had answered to Adam earlier. Was it your anticipation to let them score at the end of the game, but but you didn't feel like they were trying to get in the end zone? Is that what you were saying? Yeah.
4: I mean, they took a knee, yeah.
8: So. yeah. Let's go next to Nick Jacobs. Go ahead, Nick. Brad, I'll have a follow-up as well. Andy, for you, with um, with tuning left tackle and then also having Allegretti kick in at uh, left guard and while they having to come off the bench collectively, how do you think that offensive line did protection-wise?
4: Yeah, listen, I thought uh, overall they did a good job. Um, that's a tough thing to do. Tribute to Andy Heck and his guys. I mean, the, the, the line I thought did enough of uh, a a job where, you know, where, where we were effective for sure.
8: Yeah. And then given the margin for error, how small it got for various reasons, what do you hope this team takes away from this that can help them come playoff time?
4: Yeah. So you learn from it. I mean, as coaches and players, you learn from it. I mean, that's all you can do right now. So, um, you know, the guys battled and, uh, I played good, aggressive football. We just came up short against a good team. And so we'll go back, we'll study it, and we'll try to get better from it.
8: We'll go last two, Nate and Sam. Go ahead, Nate.
6: Andy, I just wanted to follow up on what you said earlier. Um, given the penalty situation, did you, could you tell if there was anything that you could tell what was going on in terms of the secondary penalties? Was there anything that the refs gave you in terms of what their uh, understanding of those calls were?
4: Yeah, no, they told me.
8: I'll go last to Sam. Good, Sam. Hey,
7: Andy. Sorry, I um, threw out a confusing question. I, I meant when, when the Bengals initially got down there, two minutes left in the game, was there a thought process there to potentially let them score and have a couple minutes left? And what swayed you in the direction that you went?
4: Uh, before we stopped him on the one foot line. Yeah, so then we took a knee. Yeah. we stopped him. So, and then there's a penalty. I mean, you know, kind of played out.
8: Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. All right, thanks.
7: Patrick, what are those last six minutes like for you? Um, You know, as you're standing on the sideline hoping to get the ball back, and then also specifically if you could drill into the past couple minutes, is there any hope from you on the sideline that, hey, just just, just let him get in? I'd love to get the ball back here.
8: Uh, I mean, there's a time and a place for that. I mean, I... I mean, they they made six stops at the goal line. I mean, yeah. whenever you make six stops at the one-yard line, it's tough whenever they they get a first down after that. So, I mean, it's I – mean, the defense has to play, too. They made the stops. We almost got the ball backed up. We'd have been able to get into overtime and do all that different type of stuff. But, um, I mean, they fought to the very end, and, unfortunately, it didn't work out their way.
3: Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Good Pete. Patrick, you guys had uh, four touchdown drives in a row and then went into the locker room and it seemed to stall in the second half. What do you think maybe led to some of that change?
8: Yeah. I mean, they came out and played a little different coverages and stuff like that, but uh, I think it was just execution and we were executing at a high level in the first half. Um, We had a couple bad plays here and there uh, from really everybody um, that, that kind of stalled drives out. Um, But I mean, well, I mean, we we found ways to score points. I mean, we just gotta continue to work on being better, and then hopefully going into this next game in the playoffs, we can we can get rolling.
7: Let's go next to Darren Smith. Go, ahead, Darren. <laughs>
6: Hey, Patrick, I know this is a, a tale of two halves. As, as uh, Pete mentioned, you had, of course, uh, the, four, you know, the four touchdowns in the, in the first half. But What do you think they did specifically? Because you all were running the ball effectively, both halves of the football, and you ran up there for about 75 yards in the second half. What is it that you saw that, that they were doing, especially in the third quarter, when the momentum started to shift that they were doing that, uh, to you all's offense that was stalling them?
8: Yeah, I think we just we just had a couple bad plays. Um we had the 3rd and 1 where we got the first down, uh ended up getting a holding call and an illegal shift. Um so it moved us back and we got the th- and then on 3rd and 12, Tyreek got I guess tripped up over the middle. He probably had been wide open. Um and then um so we didn't get the first down there. Um it kind of was stuff like that the entire second half. I mean, we had I think it was like 160 something rushing yards and almost 300 passing yards. So, usually that's a, that's a pretty good day at the office. We just got to continue to make drives work and, and score touchdowns. Let's go next to Adam Teisher. Go ahead.
5: Hey, Patrick. Just want to look ahead real quick. Um, the um, number one seat is no longer with your, within your own control now. Now, you guys need some help is it going to you feel like it's going to be difficult to get ready to prepare for this game or what's the outlook on that right now? Understanding this is at a real early stage.
8: I mean, after you, after you lose a game, like you lost it today, it shouldn't be difficult to get, be ready to go again the next week. So uh, I think, mean, I think guys will be ready to go. We're playing Denver. They're a good football team. They gave us the challenge this last time we played them like they always do. And we're playing in Denver, which is a tough place to play at. So uh, I think we'll try to fix some things, come back and uh, play better football this next week.
3: We'll go last one to Nate Taylor. Go Nate.
6: Hey, Patrick, I have two questions for you. The first is, what was it like playing with the offensive line today, given the injuries to Orlando and Lucas? And then secondly, I think your last play was on the third and five, the Bengals blitz. I just wonder uh, what the strategy was there, and if that blitz from the Bengals sort of surprised you, given they hadn't tried to blitz him much.
8: It, it didn't. The actual blitz didn't surprise me uh, from, from kind of the film study. They, most times when they blitz, they would drop people out and kind of cover some of those guys underneath um so we had a good plan for that um that they actually I, I was gonna go to D-Rob and they, the, the corner and the safety did a great job of passing off the, the post and the corner route um so I got kind of caught out of position and threw it and threw it away but uh I mean we studied it a lot I was kind of ready for them to bring a lot of blitzes and I mean they brought some early and we kind of started moving the ball and then and then as the game went on they backed up and we ran the ball really well um and then I, f- I forgot your first question
6: no, that's okay. Uh, just asking, you know, when you don't see Orlando Brown coming out of the locker room and then obviously Luke the Sniang goes down, just how is it like operating with that with that offensive line today?
8: Yeah, I mean, obviously it's tough when you lose guys like that. Um, but I thought, I mean, I thought guys stepped up. I mean, they have a great pass rush. And Joe just kicking out the left tackle. Wiley uh, kicking over the right tackle, which we've always had trust in Wiley. He is a starter uh, in our heads. And so having Wiley out there, right tackle playing really well. Joe kicking out, Allegretti coming in. I mean, we have depth in that offensive line room. And uh, we needed it today. And that's something I think Veece did a great job of this this offseason, was making sure we have people that can go um, for cases like today. Patrick, we
9: appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us.
7: Hey, Tyron. Um, hey. Can you kind of just describe the emotions of those last two minutes there? I mean, obviously, you guys elected to, to try and go for the goal line stand. You get it, but there's a flag. I mean, what, what are the emotions of those last couple of minutes there?
10: I mean, obviously, man, you, you 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 never want to be in those kind of situations, especially, you know, with the offense that we have. Um, you know, obviously, we would like to get off the field and, and give those guys at least, you know, 45 seconds to a minute to kind of do what they need to do. Um Outside of that, I thought we fought pretty hard, you know, when those guys did go down there. Um, you know, uh, I didn't think today was our best day. You know, I didn't think we tackled well. I didn't think we, um, you know, really tried to to stop deep balls, you know, on the outside. And, you know, I think playing cornerback in this league is a, is a tough job. Um, but, you know, uh, we could get it done. We could do it. And um, just felt like today, you know, um, just wasn't our day, you know.
8: Let's go next to Adam Teicher.
10: Go to Adam. Tyron, you, you talked about today
5: just not playing well defensively. Any particular reason for that? I, I know the Bengals are good, and Chase is a really good player, and Burrow is a good player, but any particular reason you felt like today was was one
10: of those days on defense? Well, I, you know, I, I just kind of, you know, you know piggyback off, you know, um, really what the, the theme was all week, and really it was how, how are we going to respond when those guys make a big play, uh, when things don't go our way, when we can't get off the field, uh, this is, this is a response, you know, driven league. And I just didn't think we responded well enough today. Um, you know, I know some people are going to talk about, you know, certain calls that that were made, you know, late in the game. And, you know, outside of that, I just feel, I still feel like we could have responded, you know, a, a, a lot better, you know, defensively. Uh, hats off to those guys. They got a great young, you know, core that could really, that can really play football, you know? So um, those guys were prepared, I just didn't think we responded, you know, the, the, really, the way we were prepared to respond.
3: Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Repeat. Aaron, I know, you know, Jamar Chase well with the uh, LSU ties. Just what did you make of, of his day? And was there any chatter uh, among you and Spags and, and just the defense and maybe just trying to think about maybe giving some extra help to Javarius there or whoever was uh, assigned to him on any given play?
10: Yeah, yeah. I thought he had a great game. You know, I thought a lot of things kind of went his way Um You know, a lot of balls he caught today, we could have been better, you know, as far as our angles to the completion point. um, I didn't think we tackled, you know, as well as we've been tackling the last couple months. And anytime you're playing against a player like that, they're going to they're going to expose you, you know, they're going, if you have an off day, like they're going to, they're going to be the reason you get exposed. So, um, you know, hats off to the kid, you know, you had a great game, I'm hoping that he could keep it going, you know, going forward. But uh, I I think for us, you know, uh, you know, really what I said a couple minutes ago is, you know, even if guys make a big play, you know, catch a ball or, you know, get a touchdown, you know, it's all about the next drive and how we respond. And, you know, we had some moments in the game where we we, were, where we responded well, um, but when we really needed it, you know, we, we just couldn't get off the field.
6: Taryn, um, I know you mentioned earlier the, the big play that the Bengals were able to have, but can you just describe, um, what it's like when you feel like you're this close to getting off the field on third and 27 and they convert, uh, to keep that drive going to end the game?
10: Yeah, that one hurt, man. Um, I'm pretty sure we all want that one back, you know, uh, as far as the players, you know, even, even Spags and, and the coaches as well, um, uh, you know, I think, you know, it's kind of good to have certain learning moments, you know, obviously, you, we, you know, you never want to lose, especially, <clears throat> you know, when we're chasing the things that we're chasing, um, you know, uh, any loss feels like a letdown, you know, it's feel like you're going 10 steps back, and we just can't really let that affect us going forward, uh, we still got a lot to play for, you know, as of right now, we're still number one seed, um, and so it's important for us to kind of keep that in mind, uh, we got another big, division game next week where those guys aren't going to just let us win the game. You know, they're going to come out and try to compete. So uh, we got, we got to, obviously we got to learn from this one uh, as bad as it hurt, you know, playing in a, a decent environment where, you know, they got a lot of young playmakers that can make plays. Uh, we just got to do our best to kind of learn from it and, and turn the page because, you know, like I said, we still got a lot of football, you know, that, that, that we need, we need to have confidence, you know, going forward.
8: Last
3: two, we're going to go bye and then Kirby goodbye. Hey, Tyron, uh, just, just to go back to the third and 27th play, what's your sense of risk-reward in that moment going into the play when, when you guys are, are blitzing like that? And, and um, obviously you want to see it play out differently, but how do you see it going into the play?
10: I, I think with the way the game was going, you know, the kind of plays that those guys were making, the points that they were able to score, um, I, I think every series is important, you know, when you talk about um, not allowing them to get points. And so I think, in our mind, you know, we were planning for those guys to, you know, hopefully play for a field goal and, and, and kind of play into our hands. But you know, they 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 had another game plan in mind, you know. So and, and it worked. So they, and they got us. Um, so we'll learn from it, uh, and, I, and I and I do believe we'll grow from from that particular you know uh, scenario. And last to Herbie, go ahead. Herbie.
1: Hey,
3: You do mention turning the page, and there is a lot writing on this last game. How do you and your teammates go about rallying and turning the page, to, so you are mentally prepared for this final
10: game? I mean, you you just go back to work. Um, you don't point fingers. Um, you know, you, you you don't you don't blame coaches. You don't blame a particular player, a particular series. Um, you just go back to work. Uh, you you uh, you 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 keep bonding with your teammates. You, you keep that chemistry alive, and you keep believing in your coaches as well. You know, I think the reason. You know, uh, we've we've gotten this good, and we, we we've gotten better as the season go- went on. Is because we believe in our coaches, and um, so we just got to keep that keep that mindset. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, Big Red won't let us relax, so uh, you know we'll go back to work this week, and that's that's what we need. We just need to go back to work um, and just continue to believe in each other. Thank you, Tyron. Appreciate the time. Thank you.
5: Hey, Joe. Um, wondering, have you played any tackle? Uh, before today since you left college and also um how do you feel you did given the circumstances I'm assuming you hadn't practiced there all week or or all season how do you feel you did today
9: um I think I had a series or two at right tackle a couple years back and then um you know that I think um there's always you know room to improve and um you know I give credit to our O-line coaches and the whole offensive coaching staff you know they always do a great job preparing us each week and um, you know, it's kind of just the next man up mentality. And, um, you know, I just have to t- take a look at the film, but, you know, there's always things to work on and things to improve and, um, you know, just try and look at the film
3: and try and get a little better for next week. It's connects to Pete Sweeney. Good Pete. So just how difficult uh, is a task uh, to find out, you know, in mere minutes that you got to, got to go to um, that left tackle position. And then um, what does it take mentally to kind of adjust,
9: yeah, I mean, just um, you know, kind of just a different you know position, you know, going from guard to, to tackle. But um, you know, like I said, got to credit our offensive, you know, O line coaches, our offensive staff, and then the guys in the room are great. You know, um, Orlando was great. You know, you know, talking and the whole group just talking to each other, tips and pointers and reminders, and um, so it's it's really just a unit. You know, we're just next man up mentality, and um, you know, just just want to be out there playing, and I think that's how everyone feels, and regardless where it is, and um, just. You just want to play football and just want to win, you know, and um,
3: so, yeah. I'll take three more going right down the line straight with Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Joe, as a follow-up to Adam's and Pete's question, two, two-part question here. Going from left guard to left tackle, how much easier is that, say, compared to moving over to the right side? And then lastly, uh, as a follow-up to Adam's question, how often do you take reps at left tackle during practice during the course of the year? Um,
9: yeah, I mean, uh, left guard to left tackles, you know, a little easier of a transition because you you know, your feet are kind of still, um, in the same, um, but yeah, it's just, um, you know, just everyone in the group, you know, wants to play and, um, just, you know, gotta be ready for whatever and, you know, get a sprinkling in of, uh, of reps to tackle. And, um, so just, um, yeah, but just, like I said, credit to the, the guys in the room, O-line coaches and the whole offensive staff and just, um, you know, preparing us every week and, um, you never know what like this stuff's going to happen. And, um, you know, just got, got to play together and communicate the whole time and just keep trying to work and get better.
8: Thanks to Todd Palmer. Go ahead,
5: Todd. Uh, hey, Jeff, appreciate your time. Um, I know you don't want to take any moral victories from a game like this, but you guys had a, a season high 155 yards rushing against that Bengals defense that sells out to stop the run. What does that say about this group and, and the ability to not only pass protect, but also kind of impose your will in the run game when you need to? Yeah.
9: Yeah. Um, you know, I'm really proud to be part of this O-line group. Um, it's a bunch of hardworking guys who love to play together. And, um, you know, as offense line, you know, run the ball, pass the ball. But, um, we just want to, you know, give our running backs great holes and give, um, you know, Pat a clean pocket. And, um, you know, the running backs did a great job running today. And um, tight ends were blocking wide receivers, everyone. So, you know, it's a team effort. Um, just want to you know execute the plays that are called. And, um, yeah, just um, we'll, we'll take a look at the film and, and, you know, try and, you know, keep improving, keep, keep moving forward last to Matt Derek. but Matt
1: hey Joe appreciate the time um you know hey playing tackle is it is it like riding a bike does it did it come back to you you know all the everything you know back from the old days and do you miss playing tackle
9: um it was you know it's just different you know there's just a lot more you know space out there and um you know it's just just you know I'm not I'm not sure you know but it was it was um just wanted to do what the team needed and um whatever wherever the team needs me i'll play and um you know just you know nick was great at left guard talking creed's always good at center and um did a great job communicating and um just working together for the game and um you know i'll play wherever joe we appreciate the time thanks for joining us thank you thank you guys
0: support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. want to get a little more from every sip Smartwater alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure it's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best Whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings, elevate how you hydrate and pick up a smart water alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this show comes from Fundrise.
3: Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets.